0: And welcome to this episode of Ann Arbor AF, a podcast for folks trying to figure out what's going on in Ann Arbor. We discuss current events in local politics and policy, governance, and other civic good times. I'm Jess Leeta, and I'm here with co-host Molly Kleinman. We both use she, her pronouns. We're here to help you get informed and get involved. It's your city. Let's jump in. Today, we're getting ready for the November 2022 general election. We'll be talking about up and down the Michigan, Washtenaw County, and Ann Arbor ballots, plus some general tips that hopefully will help you vote smart no matter where you live. If you're tuning in from beyond Ann Arbor, please stick with the podcast. We think you'll enjoy the next few episodes, which include interviews with the co-author of Neighborhood Defenders, Catherine Levine Einstein, Jenny Schutz, who more recently published Fixer Upper, and which I'm completely obsessed with right now, and community safety activists who are working with the coalition to develop non-police programs in their community. So, segueing into the election, between now and the second week of November, there is still lots of time to volunteer for the campaigns you care about. These next few weeks are crucial, and every little bit helps. In Michigan, uh, the voting dates that matter are you can register to vote online now through October 24th, you can register to vote at the city clerk's office in City Hall October 25th through voting day, November 8th, absentee voting already started September 29th, and you can vote at your polling place Tuesday, November 8th, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. At the end of the episode, Molly and I will share with you our voting plans. Mm -hmm. We also dug very deep into the climate millage over two episodes, and you can go check those out for more if you haven't already. We'll put, of course, links in the show notes to specific campaigns you can help out with. Molly, can you tell us about voting?
1: Yeah, so getting right into the meat of the ballot, to start with, we're gonna gonna go from big to small. So starting with statewide races, we're not going in ballot order. Uh, It just felt easier to organize it this way. But in terms of statewide races, for the partisan races, this is an easy one, straight ticket for the Dems. This is not gonna be a surprise to any of you. But there are a bunch of nonpartisan state races as well. A really important one is the Michigan Supreme Court race. And in this one, the two candidates to vote for are Richard Bernstein and Kyra Harris Bolden. These are the two who are endorsed by the Washtenaw County Democratic Party. So often with these judge races, they are nominally nonpartisan, but actually there are candidates that each party is supporting, and it just takes more digging to figure out who they are. So in this case, uh, it's Bernstein and Bolden, which feels like an easy thing to remember. Uh, And they both are pretty... They're like pretty exciting and appealing candidates, I would say this is like this is a, these are really cool people to get on the court if we can.
0: And I'm sure that that's true of their you know careers and decades of work that they've done. Also, I happen to like Kyra's hashtag, which is Vote Bold. So that's cool. Mm,
1: I like that. Yeah. And um, I think one thing to that to note is that the Michigan Supreme Court is playing some really key. Like they are like a key. Player right now in the sort of bulwark that we're trying to hold against fascism and the fascist creep specifically in Michigan and across the country, so this is an important one. I know sometimes people just vote straight ticket and then stop. Please keep going. These are these are really important. So next up, uh, Court of Appeals Third District. The choice here is Kathleen Feeney, and again, we're making this call based on the fact that. The other guy is endorsed by former Republican governor of Michigan, John Engler, and Feeney is on the, I think, on the Dem side. So not a a race where we have a lot of, like, additional knowledge aside from just, like, this is how the parties are picking. Uh, And then we've got some state propositions, and this is another easy thing to remember this year. It's yes on all the state props. We've spent all of this time trying to not sign petitions that we're gonna put bad shit on the ballot. And good job, everyone. Only good shit on the ballot. <laughs> Jess, I see you unmuted. Did you wanna say anything about
0: that? No, I just endorse your all good shit on the ballot comment. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. so the other things are, just to give you a little bit more context, state proposition one is public financial disclosures requiring more public financial disclosures of candidates, plus adjusting term limits. So Michigan has some pretty stringent term limits. And there's a fair amount of consensus at this point that they cause some problems that we can't really build up any sort of expertise or knowledge within our state government. And people are having to rotate off too fast. So it's harder; it becomes much harder to get things done and much harder to do good governance. And so this would extend the term limits, but sort of if you stay in the same position longer. What we have now is we'll have people who like hop from elected role to elected role as they hit their limits. And again, they can't build that expertise. And so this way we can have someone like stay, for example, in the state legislature for longer, but then they can't immediately hop out again and run for something else. Um, so it's not perfect, but from the folks I've talked to you about it and what I understand this is a step in the right direction. So this is a yes. Uh, State Prop Two is uh the promote the newest promote the vote proposition. It would build in additional early and absentee voting opportunities, and it would also um put some more election protections in place, I think, in the state constitution that again are helping to hold back the Republican <laughs> the Republican bullshit is what I put down. I've been mean, <laughs> like I, you know, I was thinking of words like nonsense and tomfoolery, but the thing is that like. These are not lightweight, jokey sorts of things. This is like, you know, treasony sorts of things. And so we need to call bullshit. We need to call bullshit. And state prop two is one of the things that will help us hold that back, not just this year, but going forward. So that even if we have other people in office in the state, this is still enshrined in our constitution in a way that gives us some additional protection. Also enshrining things in our constitution, state prop three, which would enshrine the right to abortion in the state constitution. Uh, it would get rid of the 1931 law that many of us keep hearing about, have been hearing about, that banned abortion in the state and that has been on the books and has stayed on the books so that when the Supreme Court of the United States um, vacated na- a national right to abortion, um, some people have been arguing that this Michigan, this 1931 law should should be activated. And some um, prosecutors around the state have been threatening to uh, go after people for abortion. So State Prop 3, super duper important, lots of energy and momentum here. But my understanding is that there's actually quite a bit of energy and momentum on the other side as well. So this is, again, keep going after you get through the partisan section. You've like voting straight ticket is not enough this year. It's probably not enough any year, um, but really not this year. So vote yes on the reproductive rights amendment.
0: And though we're talking about it now, as Molly mentioned before, we're not going in ballot order. So these proposals are very close to the end of the ballot. And it's really important. We've talked about this on earlier episodes, that there's a huge drop off the further down the ballot you go, even though the further down is local races, which is mostly what we talk about mostly what we're going to talk about today. And these state proposals that are really crucial to preserving and enforcing basic rights for every person in the state. So please be one of those people that raises the percentage of folks that make it all the way down the ballot. We we have so much for you.
1: This year we're actually talking, you gotta flip the ballot over, like- Keep going. Flip the ballot, keep going all the way to the end. All right, Uh, that's it for statewide stuff. Moving on to county, there's just a couple. One of them is the circuit court. in the 22nd circuit. Uh, for this one, we our pick is Arianne Slay. And um, this is an interesting one, I think. So Slay has a lot of endorsements. We're not always going just by endorsements. We're gonna talk more about that as we get to the more local races. In this case, she's endorsed by the Washtenaw County Democratic Party, but also by folks that have previously been her opponents. So Ellie Savitt, who she ran against for county prosecutor in 2020, has endorsed her in this race. And I think, you know, it's been a process for me with with this candidate in particular, because um, she and I, I think, have pretty different understandings of what's wrong with the criminal legal system and in particular, how to address what's wrong with the criminal legal system. She is, I think, what she describes herself as a reformer uh, and generally believes that, um, the system we have can be fixed and that we can continue to work with the system that we have to fix it and get something that looks more like justice uh i tend to be more on the side that it's it's not fixable <laughs> uh and i think in a in a role like prosecutor that can mean some really very different decisions and and approaches to policy and approaches to action but from people who know this topic much more deeply than I do, I'm hearing that the like in a judgeship, some of those differences are less important and some of the values that we do share uh, are more important. And so this that feels like that's how I got here on this race.
0: That makes sense. And this puts me in mind of a conversation that I had with a Good friend recently, who is very much a change maker, both in her profession and her personal life. And she considers herself someone who really focuses on transformation. You know, whatever it is she's working on, if it's not transformational, it's kind of not interesting to her she's been doing this work for decades. And she and I were talking about what it means to do that work. And she's like, you know, the closer that I get to transformation in the different systems that I'm working, the more I understand, I actually do kind of have to be an incrementalist because I have to figure out how to get from where we are to the beloved community that we're trying to build. And listening to you talk about this race helps me understand that Sometimes in the micro, (laughs) you are working on the same things, even if it builds to a different macro. Right. Exactly. Uh, not at all related to which I'm going to transition to what shows up on the ballot as Community College Board of Trustees, uh, and then kind of the subnote to that is that this is for Washington Community College. There are three candidates, and the ballot asks you to vote for two. I'm enthusiastically endorsing Angela Davis and David Malcolm, both of whom have lived in Ann Arbor their whole lives, as have generations of their families before them. They have deep roots in the community, and given their work and the numerous boards they've served on in the past, they know what it means to both lead and serve. So Angela Davis, for like name alone, honestly, we should just be lining up behind her, but she's awesome. Uh, so Angela Davis and David Malcolm for uh, Washington community college board of trustees. Speaking of education, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the Ann Arbor school board. So yeah. I'm going to kick us off for a couple of reasons. Um, one, I haven't picked my people yet because I haven't finished doing my homework. And I'll, I'll talk about that more in a moment. But really, I'm, I, I want to explain why I'm paying such close attention to this race when I don't have a kid in the Ann Arbor public school system. For me, as I paid attention to local politics over the last several years, it's become very clear to me That public schools and APS in particular has a clear role to play in larger community issues and the work that we're doing. And I feel like often it either kind of turns a blind eye to that or is kind of inimical to the progressive work we're trying to do as a larger community. And what I want is a school board full of people who recognize that the school system is a part of this community and are willing to take up that work. So... I am working through this enormous field of candidates. If you haven't looked at the ballot yet, there are fourteen people for four for, seats. For four seats, uh, so we have a smorgasbord of candidates. Mm-hmm. So this is how I'm deciding. I am using a uh, vote four one one which is nonpartisan survey answers that have been collected by the League of Women Voters, uh, which I appreciate. It's thoughtful. It doesn't necessarily get specifically to my values and the things that I care about, but it's a really nice place to start to understand how the candidates talk about themselves. Um, I have attended one or two candidate events. I'm still very careful about the pandemic and I'm mindful of other health issues. So I'm not like in super attendance to all these things, but I go when I can because it's very helpful to talk to them and to the talk to the people who go to those events and hear how folks are uh, talking and thinking about it. I have emailed all of the candidates my questions about how they see themselves in this race, and I only have two. One pertains to housing, and I understand that the board is probably never going to be responsible for directly providing housing, but I'd like to understand how board members are thinking about their responsibility in engaging that in our community. And the other question that I asked had to do with how are we getting cars away from schools? while still getting children to schools. I really want to understand how people are thinking about that. So, uh, candidates are still emailing me back. I've gotten a couple of very thoughtful answers, which are, have been really useful for me. And the last thing that I'm looking at is their endorsements because I'm not sure that the Washtenaw County Democratic Party endorsements reflect my values. Like they have endorsed four candidates for the four seats, and I looked at those four candidates, and I'm not sure, I'm just not sure how closely they reflect my values, so that's why I'm doing my own homework. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and for me, those, those endorsements in particular, I think it's a mix. There are some candidates who are on my list as well, and then also um, some who are not, and so it's I'm, you know, I'm looking at other, like other kinds of endorsements as well, in terms of who are people in the community who I trust, who I know I do share, like share values with, and things that are relevant to the school board, and then also who are people where I know we really don't align, and who are they endorsing, and sometimes we're having to go on that as well. So the way that we're coming at this, because I also am feeling still a little bit undecided in this race, um, is that we, it's a big field. And we've been narrowing it down. So, for people where it's clear for one reason or another that, like, these are not the values that we are looking for, or these are not the priorities that we are looking for on the school board, like, those have eliminated. And so, what we have for you today is, I believe, a list of five candidates for four spots. So, like, we're getting pretty close to all the choices, but it will, like, you're still maybe gonna have to do some of your own reading and thinking because it's just, there, it, there's just so much in this race and it's been difficult to get it all the way narrowed down and to figure and to figure out like, so, like what, what's really going on with some of these candidates? It's not always obvious. And I will say we we had a little bit of angst, or I'll speak for myself, I had a little bit of angst
0: not feeling like I'd finished my homework in, able to, in order to be able to come to the, this episode and say, ah, I confidently endorse these candidates. And then I realized there's actually a lot of value in talking about the process. I know a lot of folks are thoughtful about how they pick who they vote for. And a lot of folks are also not really sure, like, how do I do my homework? And so that's part of what we wanted to do is just kind of pull the curtain back on, this is how we're thinking about it. This is how we're asking questions. This is, uh, these are some of the information sources we trust to help us understand does this person align with our values or not? So this is one of those things where you can't flip to the back of the book and check the answers, but we will help you understand the question better.
1: Yeah, and Hopefully. as we did in the primary election explainer episode, we're going to focus on the positives about the people that we are supporting, and we're not going to spend time talking about the um, the various people that we are not supporting. Um, we're going to try and trying to keep it positive, uh, especially in a school board race in a town this small. It starts to get real personal real fast, uh, and we're trying hard to like walk that line. Everybody's somebody's neighbor. Right, right. So- all of that said, here are the, like the options to, and for me, I did, I've done some of what Jess has done as well. I've also been able to have some direct conversations with candidates. And at this point, I'm pretty solidly decided on the community centered slate uh, for three of my votes. So this is a slate of candidates. We're running together, and there are a few different of these combos, or at least a couple different combos. But this this slate, they describe themselves as community centered, and it's Jacinda Townsend, Jeremy Lapham, and Rima Mohammed. So, um, and each of the, they're running together, and each also has like their own strengths or or reasons that I would support them. Um, Jacinda Townsend is particularly impressive and I think an excellent choice for this race. She, uh, she has past experience serving on a school board in a different, like in Indiana where she used to live. Um, and one bonus for me is that it was a district that had good and comprehensive bus service, which is like one of the things that I care about a lot in this race that is not getting talked about that much. Um, but what I found from my conversation with her and from what I've seen of her answers to things is that I think in part, because of that past experience, she understands how governance works. She recognizes the importance of oversight and that oversight role of a board. And, and this is a big one. It seems to me like she has a pretty clear handle on the what the division of labor is and should be between a board and an administrator. So my experience on the board of the, li- of the district library on the, as an elected trustee is that um, the trustees have really very limited there's a very limited number of things that is our responsibility. But a big one is overseeing the library director and then almost all the other stuff is up to him and or his staff. And I think sometimes when people run for these kinds of boards, they want to get in and get real micromanage about stuff. And that's not the role of the board. And it's going to lead to dysfunction and it's going to um, lead to dissatisfaction among staff, make it harder to keep good staff. Uh, and so I, that's something that I'm thinking about in this race. And this is something that to me in particular, Townsend seems to have a clear handle on like what the role of the board is.
0: So Molly's talking about why she feels that Jacinda is well-positioned as a leader. And I think this distinction of understanding the division between what a board is supposed to do and what staff is supposed to do is really a distinction that's lost on a lot of folks. So it's it's a difference and it's important to highlight. So Molly's points are really important. My point that she has amazing lipstick game has absolutely nothing to do with her value <laughs> as a candidate, but I just want to say like amazing. I asked her about it. She mixes her own colors. It's so wow. cool.
1: So anyway, just send it for school board. Awesome. Um, another person on the slate is Jeremy Lapham. And He is a school nurse and a union rep. And I think both of those experiences are really valuable. Direct experience working in the schools is like that's super valuable. The fact that he has that strong union relationship, you know, I teachers unions often get vilified. It's been particularly bad during the pandemic. I believe unions are important. And I think that while I don't always agree with the decisions that unions make in terms of like, you know, pushing for no vaccine mandate. I understand why those decisions get made. And I think having someone who like deeply understands union work and and like how that organizing happens, I think is gonna be really valuable um, in a leadership role like this. One of the things that I appreciate about Jeremy
0: is he's somebody I know who has been paying attention to local politics and events for years. And so he is coming into this race and this role with deep context and deeply informed about different issues. And that gives me a lot of hope uh, for a board member who is paying attention to the board's
1: role in the larger community. Um, and so not on the slate. There are a couple of other candidates who we are also talking about. Jess, do you want to talk about Andrew?
0: Uh, I'll just mention Andrew Spencer um, as somebody that I'm considering. He's one of the people that has responded to my questions so far about housing and transportation. And the what I appreciated about his response is it was deeply thoughtful and deeply humble. He acknowledges the areas where he doesn't have as much information as he could. Um, he too is coming from another school system where he felt like things worked a lot better. And while he didn't serve a board function in that role, I, I I do think it's really valuable when you have a positive example that you're working towards and not just kind of mired in the, this sucks, let's make it better bucket. That 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 can be a little bit difficult. So I appreciated both his thoughtfulness and his humility. I'm still waiting to hear back from all of the candidates, but I am
1: positively inclined towards Andrew. And then another candidate who I am positively inclined towards is Alex Wood. Um, She, you know, in general, I think her values are in the right place. But one thing that really has stood out to me is the way that she's talking about the needs and safety of LGBTQ plus kids. Um, they're really front and center in her campaign, um, both in terms of her own identity and in terms of the way that she wants to be supporting kids throughout the district. Um, that feels really important to me. I think anyone who loves a queer or trans or gender nonconforming kid um, knows that while our public schools sort of have the stated values that that would talk about protecting our kids, it doesn't always actually play out that way uh, in practice. And it varies a lot by school and by teacher and by leader. And um, having someone on the school board who will push us to do better on this particular issue is very appealing to me. Um, You know, we've (laughs) we've spent a chunk of time talking about how we're looking for someone who's not just showing up for one specific issue, but I would argue that someone who's trying to show up for queer and trans kids is someone who like a lot of their values are going to be in the right place because they're looking at the kids who are getting um, the least help who are some of the most vulnerable. And um, so that's that's been really appealing to me about Alex Wood. So that's school board. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the Ann Arbor library trustee race. This one is a lot um, simpler for me. Um, there are three seats open. There are six candidates running in total, but there is a three person slate. And if you vote for all the people on that slate, we're going to get some great people on the library board. And the, the slate is who I, I am supporting this year. Um, one member of the slate is Jim Leha, who is currently the the chair of the of the library board. He's one of our longest serving board members. He uh, managed the search and hiring of our new library director, with, just with so much care and diligence. It's I've been very impressed with his leadership. He's bringing some of that like history and expertise that I think is super valuable. And so like Jim Leha is fantastic, vote for Jim. He's running with two other people as a slate. Partly, I think his judgment is worth listening to here. These are the people he thinks are worth bringing onto the board. So Jim is the only, I will say Jim is the only incumbent in the race. So he's running again. And then two of our incumbents are cycling off. One of them is Darma Ackman, who's going to join city council, huzzah. The other is Kareen Moore, who's been fantastic. I'm not sure what she's doing next, but I think she's got some good options. Um, so these are two new people who will be new to the board. Uh, Aiden Sova and Kat Hadley, they're both fantastic. Kat has already been doing a lot of really amazing service in the community for several years. Aiden is younger, but I would say a rising star. There's like fewer years worth of things that he can put on his list. But he's really fantastic and I think um, has like a real deep understanding of the role of libraries in a community and the way that libraries are meant to serve everyone in a community. And that is really important. That's how I think about the library, too. And
0: one of the things that I love about Kat and Aiden, so Kat, I think has been active in community issues a little bit longer than Aiden, but they're both younger. And I really love when younger folks get deeply involved in community processes and kind of are demonstrating what younger leadership looks like. Um, The energy is awesome. The values and the way that they talk about things is really important. And so I think it's really fantastic that these young leaders are kind of opting into the library as their way to step into elected leadership you know whether they continue on to run for different roles or however they decide to bring that leadership forward what what a lovely place to step into.
1: Yeah, yeah it's um there it's a really exciting crew and I hope that you will join us in voting for them all the way at the very bottom of the ballot. <laughs> uh, I remember from when I was running that library board is like truly one of the very last things on there. So keep going, keep going all the way down to that, to the, those last couple of things. Another thing towards the end of the ballot, uh, we've got one city proposal this year.
0: Yep. This is the very, very last thing on your ballot. If you're in the city of Ann Arbor, it is the Ann Arbor city charter amendment tax for community climate action. Of course, yes. Yes. And if you need to know why we're endorsing this, you can check out the episode where we interviewed uh, Missy Stultz, who's the director of the Office of Sustainability and Innovation, and asked her every question that we could think of. How are you going to use this money? Why are you doing this now? You know, what exactly are we doing about our burning planet here in Ann Arbor? And, and what what does all of this matter? So she was very lovely in answering all of those questions. And if that isn't enough for you, you can check out the episode where Molly and I had a fight about it like the the
1: barely barely a fight, but we most know. midwestern fight possible right <laughs> I
0: agree with you using different words,
1: yes, yeah, and where we both came around to the point of like this it's a this is a yes for both of us yep this is the
0: right thing to do and the right time and part of it, I oh, I want to bring this in. I think I mentioned this in one of those two episodes, but the metaphor that I keep hearing, you know I, I know you and I've talked about this before of voting. A lot of people think of it like marriage, like, oh, I want to look for the best possible person and then, you know, get married to that person where voting is more like catching the bus. You look for the best option that is closest to you. That's going to get you where you want to go. Both Molly and I agree that we wish that there were other ways to accomplish what this millage is going to do. So the, but the end in this case is worth the means because it is going to get us for the most part where we want to go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. What else do we want to talk about? I think we're going to talk about our plans to vote. We're, st-
0: <laughs> we're still talking about voting. That's all we're talking about today. Uh, all right. So what's your plan to vote?
1: My plan to vote is that I am on the list to get an absentee ballot. Well, so first I get an, I get the application for an absentee ballot. I fill that out, which I did months ago. And then the absentee ballots come to me on schedule. Uh, I know that mine is in the mail because I got like a text message or an email about it. I already forget which but I haven't seen it yet. So mine is going to be here any minute. Last night I had a dream. I had a dream about voting. I had, a, so I had a dream that I've used like a yellow marker to fill in the bubbles and then realized that that was wrong and I shouldn't have used it. And I was like a whole thing. That's and the not thing a dream. Is, that's a nightmare. It was a nightmare. And the thing is that this has actually happened to me where I used a Sharpie and then it bled through to the other side. And I was like, I could not get a clear answer on whether or not that that was like an okay thing if I could, if it was still going to work. And so I have an absentee ballot and it means that I have a, a choice of all of the different writing implements in my house. And so I'm here to tell you blue or black pen, do not use a Sharpie, do not use a yellow marker. I don't know what my subconscious was like, what's going on there. Um, But that's like a thing to think about if you're voting at home versus in the booth where they have the writing implements there for you. So I'm going to use the correct writing implement. I am going to sit down at my table and fill out my ballot with all of my notes around me. And that's my and then I will put it in my own mailbox with the flag up to send it back in.
0: For me, I live half a block away from my polling place, which is an elementary school. And it's just so fucking cute to walk in there and see the wee like fountains and the wee chairs. And so I like to vote in person because I really love my polling place. So what I'm going to do is I will, once I finish doing my school board homework, I'm going to mark up, uh, I'm going to print out the my ballot from the secretary of state website and mark up all of the answers basically i'll give myself the uh the test key um and i'll bring that into the um, booth with me and i will vote at my local elementary school polling place and i will leave with a sticker and utterly charmed
1: awesome
0: yeah all right we did it we made it through the whole ballot and our voting plan thank you guys As a reminder, if you are tuning in from beyond Ann Arbor, and even if you live here, please continue to stick with us. We're pretty sure you're going to enjoy the next few episodes where we talk a whole lot about housing, transportation, and community safety, including with the co-author of Neighborhood Defenders, Catherine Levine-Einstein, Jenny Schutz, who published Fixer Upper, and community safety and transportation activists who are working to improve their relative communities in various ways
1: and that's it for this episode of ann arbor af come check out past episodes and transcripts at our website annarboraf.com keep the conversation going with fellow ann arbor afers on twitter at the a2 council hashtag and facebook in the ann arbor housing for all group and hey if you want to send us a few dollars at ko-fi.com slash ann arbor to help us with hosting we always appreciate it we're your co-hosts molly kleinman and jess leetal and thanks to producer scott trudeau theme music is i don't know by grapes you can reach us by email at annarborafpod at gmail.com get informed then get involved it's your city